Welcome to the podcast. I'm Carla Joy Treadway. I'm here to help you navigate nuanced conversations and explore topics that demand your attention and awareness. There is no topic off limits here. Together, we will seek to find the middle path, explore the polarities of darkness and light, left and right, grace and grit. As a writer, life coach, and seasoned yogi, I'm in the business of awareness and conscious action. I'm here to create space for the conversations that need to be had in order to create solutions that bridge the divide between humans. Sensemaking will use practical, logical, philosophical, and spiritual tools to help us gain well-rounded perspectives on issues that strike a chord. Let's get started. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sensemaking. I'm Carla Joy Treadway, and I have with me again uh, my friend, Devin Thompson. Devin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me here today. How are you doing? I'm so good. Soaking up the last few days of summer while also poking holes in the establishment on the side. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we have to. We have to. If we don't do it, who's going to do it? Right? Uh, most people. <laughs> You know, it's not their fault. Most people tend to be relaxed, just trying to live their lives, just want to be left alone. And, you know, others are just too busy to just, you know, get involved and, you know, do what they need to do to to stand up for their rights. So somebody has to do it. That's right. Um, If you don't know Devin, we've had him on the podcast before. Devin is one of my freedom fighting friends. Devin does an excellent job of breaking down politics, um, especially the the different parties, the different groups, there, there's a lot of misunderstanding about what parties are, uh, especially when we're looking at parties that don't actually exist in Canada, when we're looking at things like Marxism, socialism, fascism, there's a lot of name calling being thrown around um, in Canada on the news without a whole lot of understanding about what these different types of ideologies actually represent. So Devin does a really good job of breaking this down, as well as creating actionable solutions. So he's not just waving the red flag saying that there's something wrong here. Uh, Devin very consciously tries to promote campaigns and different action steps so that we can actually get ourselves out of this mess that's happening to Canada. Devin, is there anything else that, uh, I'm sure I left out lots about you, but for people that don't know you, can you give them a little a little synopsis about uh, you and, and the work that you're doing? So so uh, for people who don't know me, um, a lot of my posts are, are circled around um, fascism. And the reason why it's circled around fascism is because I believe that what we're experiencing today is a modernized form of, of fascism. So a lot of people don't. So because of the, the these same fascists changing the definitions of everything, everything in our life, they change the definition of women, they change the definition of, of communism, of capitalism, of fascism, they change the definition of everything. So it's very, very confusing for people when we say, oh, what we have here is communism. Oh no, it's socialism. Oh no, it's fascism. So I say it's fascism because of one specific reason, because the government and um, and corporations are colluding to control the means of production, indirectly controlling the production. And that's what I mean by fascism. So I talk about things like this 
a lot. And um, if you haven't been following me on Instagram, I was one of the individuals at the Freedom Convoy, the one in Ottawa. I was there um, in, in Toronto as well, you know, meeting people, um, partying, because because <laughs> Freedom Convoy in Ottawa was one big party. And if you're on the other side of the fence and you think that the Freedom Convoy is a racist, white supremacist um, event, or everybody there are racist, hateful white supremacists, I'm here to tell you right now that that is a complete lie, right? And I think we're gonna get into the um, the diagonal and stuff a little bit later to 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 impress upon you how dangerous governments can be when they have mainstream media in your pockets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it it's really surprising how that narrative really took hold of people. That every single Canadian that supported this movement is this way it's such a ridiculous notion and i can see practically how it happened it happened because we always thought we could trust canadian media i know i thought that before the last two years they seemed really really harmless and then honestly how many people just practically in their spare time go and research these things go and look up politics go to an event to actually see for themselves no we're just trusting what we're told and what we're told was and we're still being told to this day even after it's been disproven even after it's gone to court that the things that were said about this movement violent arson foreign influence uh literally every single thing that the liberal government said about this movement has been proven fault, yet this narrative persists. <laughs> so unless you're paying attention, you still believe this. Yeah, and um, like, it, it makes you ask the question, If so they lied to you for the past two years, like how much longer were they lying to you? Were they lying for five, 10, 15, 20 years? How much of the things that we know today are actually lies, mm. right? Right. Well, that's the journey we're all on right now. It's like, mm -hmm. I kind of feel like I'm living in the Truman Show these days. You know, mm -hmm. I, I walking around in the grocery store, past the rack of magazines, and I'm like, lies. It's all mm -hmm. lies. George Orwell, 1984. I'm still reading that book and I haven't finished it, but I'm seeing some parallels. Yeah. Yeah. So, your what what led to your like, great awakening to the point where you're like i i need to get involved because you're you're involved deeply now um what what led to that so my my awakening started before the pandemic um it started with rich dad poor dad's book when i read the book and there was one line that stood out to me and it was the line that where he said that corporations pay taxes um after spending their money and uh, you know, individuals like us, workers, we pay taxes before we spend our money. So the tax system was actually my wake-up call to, to, to realize that something was wrong. I'm like, wait a second. If this is the case, how come I don't hear the liberals, the NDP who claim that they're for the workers saying anything or doing anything about this? Why are they maintaining um, these, 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 these tax laws, this, this tax system that preys upon individuals who work nine to five? Why? So, and the, the other thing that 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 um, which that poor that book pointed out to me was that um, government has this 
um, system for investors where they're saying that if you want to invest in, for example, a new private enterprise, you have to be what they call um, an accredited investor. So you have to be worth a million dollars or more to be able to invest in it. And you have to be worth a million dollars or more for those investors to engage with you because they say that they're protecting people from scams. And I'm like, but what if I'm intelligent enough you know, I don't have a million dollars. I'm not worth a million dollars. What if, what if I'm intelligent enough to invest in this product? Like, I don't need you to gatekeep, to, to stand there in front of me to try to protect me from being rich, <laughs> right? So that, that was my first wake-up call, um, uh, realizing that something is really rotten and wrong in this world. And, you know, I got to reading. I started reading more, and I started learning more, and then... The pandemic hit and they were saying so um it's called the great um barrington declaration i'm sure you heard of it um, mm -hmm. they were they, they came out in i believe january february maybe march april and basically provided some tips and advice for governments to follow so you know you don't you don't need to lock down you just need to uh, protect the most vulnerable and when the media and the government started to attack them i was like wait um something's not right like the, the guys are just you know giving you advice they're not saying you know burden on the whole world they're they're giving you advice so why are you attacking these guys these are doctors from like what what, what is it called stanford you know those those big university. ivy league skill yeah, yeah. All, all the ivy yeah. league they're yeah. experienced medical professionals you know virologists immunologists like mm -hmm. like why are you behaving that way with them so i was like you know forget it so the lockdowns came. Doug Ford decided that we can't bring our kids to the park. I'm like, guy, what is wrong with you? Doug Ford decided that we can't we, we can't go out or, or after a certain time or we can't go to a certain city. If we do and the police catches us, they're going to charge us. That was one of the one of the most scary um times of my life, right? But I still have I, I still haven't come to the conclusion that something else was going on yet because this was just the lockdown period. Right. Mm -hmm. Then came the vaccines. I don't know if you even want me to say vaccines on the show. That's okay. <laughs> They're uncensored. Yeah, but then came the vaccines. Now, um, I was ignoring the vaccine stuff up until they actually were released in January because I had no intention of taking a vaccine. It's not because I was against the vaccine. It was because um, I was aware via the great Barrington Declaration and other medical experts that I was not at a risk of serious illness from, from, from COVID-19 or a risk of dying from COVID-19 because I don't have any of those, those markers. You know, I, I'm not old. I'm not obese. I don't have an underlying condition. So I don't need a vaccine. And during that time, I was reading the Pfizer and the Moderna trials, and it, and it specifically said that... The, that, that the, the trial data was not designed to de de determine whether or not the vaccines prevented spread or stop transmission. The, the vaccine manufacturers at no time made a claim that these things stopped transmission or prevented spread. So I'm like, okay, then why do, why do I need to get it? And that was me in late, um, late 2020. 2021 came around. They started giving these things out. Right. I'm like, okay, if you guys want to take it, go ahead and take it. It's none of my business. But mm -hmm. then they started saying 
if you don't take the vaccine, you are a risk to society. I'm like, why am I a risk? Because remember, this is me knowing since 2020 that these things don't stop transmission. So mm -hmm. wait, guys, why am I a risk to society if this thing doesn't stop transmission? This was me in early 2021. Then they started saying, we're going to, we're going to give away lotto tickets. We're going to give away guns. We're going to give away land. We're going to give your kids ice cream to take the vaccine. And I'm like, no, some, something definitely isn't right right here, mm -hmm. right? Something mm -hmm. is, is seriously wrong. So mm -hmm. I became even more hesitant to the vaccines. Now, the next step of my awakening was being introduced to the Great Reset. I was just at my desk one day and somebody sent me a, sent me a video and he said, just watch this, just, just watch it, just, just watch it. And I watched the video and I was horrified. Um, some people, when they watch the World Economic Forum videos, they think it's a good thing because they use nice words, right? You know, like the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, they use really nice words that mm -hmm. would really um, appeal to the regular person. But sustainable and equitable and yes yeah. yes mm -hmm. but i was able to see through those things i'm like this great reset thing here because um they have something called stakeholder cap capitalism and the fourth industrial revolution so the fourth industrial revolution is them saying that we are not going to know the difference between our bodies and technology anymore it's going to be the same thing right mm -hmm. i'm like okay um that's a red flag the next mm -hmm. thing was stakeholder capitalism they said that they want to abolish communism. Sure, fine, great. I would love to abolish communism. They also said that they want to abolish socialism. Okay, let's go. I want to abolish socialism too. But then they said that they want to abolish shareholder capitalism. I'm like, huh? You want, you, you want mm -hmm. to abolish shareholder capitalism? And that's the capitalism that we know today, which is free market capitalism. I start my business mm -hmm. and I sell a product to you. Uh, we, we engage in voluntary trade, right? That's shareholder capitalism. Mm -hmm. You buy my product and it, it, it benefits me as the major shareholder in my own company. They want to abolish that in favor of stakeholder capitalism. Now, this is where things get tricky reading their definition of stakeholder capitalism where the government um civil society uh international organizations and corporations come together these these four groups work together to manage the resources of the planet and the resources of the planet are the human beings and it's the land it's our water um it's our food supply and so on and so forth so that is what stakeholder capitalism is, putting these groups above the people and they're working through government to implement their plans. You might have heard government DeSantis, Gov um, Governor DeSantis saying something similar. So now I was struggling to figure out what the hell kind of system is this? I'm like, this is not communism and this isn't socialism. So the closest that I could find to what this was is fascism. And I'm like, oh my God. The Great Reset is trying to implement a modernized form of fascism in the world, and nobody realizes. <laughs> nobody notices it, right? So, and that's why I started posting, and I'm saying, guys, the Great Reset is fascism. It's not communism. It's not mm -hmm. socialism. Yes, these individuals who are pushing it are actually socialists and communists and Marxists at heart. But mm -hmm. what they're pushing is actually 
fascism. And that, and, and, and at that moment is where, when all the lights turned on and I realized that, and I realized what exactly was going on and I realized the danger that we face. Remember, communism will die on its own. It can't survive. But fascism, yeah. because it, it, it pretends as if a free market exists, as if capitalism exists, it can last for a very long time. And that's why it's so dangerous. Can, can you define fascism for people that, that don't quite understand what that is or the difference between fascism, communism, socialism? Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's start first with Marxism. Let's start at the root of all of these things. We're going to start with Marxism. So Marxism is the ideology of Karl Marx. And Karl Marx believed that um, the, the, work, the working class needs to violently overthrow the capitalist class, take their properties, um, nationalize it, or you know, um, uh, bring it into so-called community ownership, right? So now the community owns the means of production. It's a form of socialism, the Marxism. The only difference between Marxism and socialism is that Marxism advocates for a violent overthrow or a violent confiscation of property, right? Then we have socialism. Now, socialism is simply um, what they define it as the community owning the means of production. But really and truly, it's the government owning the means of production. But in socialism, um, you tend to still have some property rights, right? Some people may have property rights, and these are usually the upper class in society. In, commun in communism, communism is basically socialism 100%. And the only difference is that in communism, there are no property rights. So property rights is completely abolished and all property, all means of, of, of production is owned completely fully by the government. Now, before I get to fascism, you might be wondering, hold on, if in communism, the government owns the means of production and it abolishes property ownership, then how is it that people in China own businesses own, own homes, own land, and stuff like that? It's, and it's a valid question. Well, the answer is because China is no longer a communist state. China is a fascist state because what China does, China, China indirectly controls the free market. So Apple or Google can go to China and operate, but they, ha but they have to operate within the, within the, um, for the best interest of the government. So if Apple or any of these companies decided to, decide to step out of line, then um, China has the full power to nationalize Apple or nationalize Tesla or whatever it is. And that's what fascism is. Fascism is where the government exerts indirect control over the free market. So it seems, so you know, you, you go to um, Shanghai, it seems as if, this is capitalism. This is a free market. You see McDonald's over there. You see all these, you know, big corporations over there, but they are owned indirectly by the government. And this is usually done through cartels. And what are these cartels? These cartels are what we call Ministry of Health or Department of Health. And mm -hmm. um, you might be realizing now that I'm getting into modern day um, systems of governance in like Canada and, and the US. So the U.S. has these, the U.S. and Canada has these departments and ministries. 
But what people don't realize is that these departments and ministries are leftover fragments of fascism. Because when you have a ministry of health, what do you have? You have the ministry of health directly or indirectly controlling the health industry. Remember, they told you that if you didn't take a COVID-19 vaccine, then they would tax you more for the healthcare mm -hmm. system. They also tried to ban you from using the healthcare system, right? Right here in Canada, because the government, the provincial government exerts indirect control over the health industry. Mm -hmm. So it's just something to think about that um, all this time we've been living with fragments and leftover pieces of fascism in our society. We've been toying with it and we didn't realize. And um, what, what the, the, the correct term to use for these systems right now is corporatism. That is the correct term mm -hmm. to use. Corporatism is a key ingredient of fascism. Without corporate, corporatism, fascism can't exist. A lot of people think that somebody who is racist or homophobic or misogynist or whatever it is, is a fascist. And that is a very incorrect definition. That's a definition that's, utilized, that's used to throw off your scent um, from the real fascists. So that is my <laughs> explanation of Marxism, socialism, communism, and fascism. Oh, I forgot one, capitalism. Capitalism is simply the natural state of human beings. What happened when the first two cavemen or cavewomen came about? One had their fishing rod, threw it in the water, caught a fish, right? Or maybe caught a hundred fish, right? And then there's another caveman that has cows, knows how to rear cows, you know, knows how to, to, um, to cook it up. And then the fisherman would say, hmm, I want some cows. You go to the guy with the cows and say, hey, I want some cows. Can I get one? Then the guy with the cow says, I see you have some fish over there. Let's trade. Mm -hmm. That's capitalism. Mm -hmm. That is what it is. Voluntary exchange of goods and services. No, no more and no less. The problem comes in where government exerts too much regulation over capitalism, creating what we call either corporatism or socialism or any of these other totalitarian systems well in capitalism too everyone has a chance whereas in communism no one has a chance everyone is equally poor yes we equally suffer and i think a lot of canadians are really getting lost in socialism we're getting lost there one because people don't understand and recognize that our media is controlled by a left-leaning government, that are all of our educational institutions are left-leaning and they actively promote in the last five to 10 years, they do promote socialism. And you'll do case studies on Nordic countries, praising Nordic countries for being socialist with their 40% taxation and look how well they're doing. But it doesn't take more than a Google to see that these countries aren't even socialist. So you might have socialist policies within the country. Canada, for example, has socialist healthcare, but we are not a socialist country. And it's really unfortunate to see so many young people holding up socialism as just one of these systems thinking 
everything will be fair and beautiful all it's more divisive than ever there's just more divide all you do in socialism marxism communism is erase the middle so more people get knocked down and there's always people at the top you just have more people take advantage of the system also removing your chance to thrive and people don't understand that they're still like it's always the college students that aren't paying income tax (laughs) they're the ones that are like college should be free medicines should be free pharma care should be free car should be like everything should be free you know know why that is why because the marxists have infiltrated the education system i said something earlier that marxism is the root of everything so marxists can't can't comprehend that what they're that, that, that they're actually supporting fascists and the reason why they can't comprehend that is because they think that fascism is a right-wing ideology but it's not fascism can occur on any side of the political spectrum however remember i told you communism doesn't work it eventually crumbles in on itself but the thing is when when marxists realizes that communism won't work they become fascists every single fascist in history was first a marxist or a communist and that's what people need to understand and that this is what makes marxism so dangerous because when they realize that communism is not going to work all hell is going to break loose Yeah, and it's always described as a utopia. It's Mm -hmm. always, we're all equal. It sounds beautiful, but whenever someone is promoting these ideologies, I ask them, uh, give me an example of a country that is socialist or communist that is doing well. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Every single time in history, it's resulted in slavery Uh, millions of people dying of starvation every single time because the truth is too people aren't equal we should be working to elevate people that need social services absolutely but people aren't equal there's smarter people there's people that work harder um we're not the same so to knock down everyone that's doing well um it, it it just doesn't work and people take advantage of it uh-huh. so what are you witnessing now like you've had we've all had this great awakening and and i could see two years ago why people couldn't see it because we were really stuck in the fear and the information overwhelm it, it wasn't very clear back then but where we are today um the rest of the world has moved on from anything COVID and Canada is doubling down. We have Western University um, just deciding that they will mandate boosters for all their students. We have the Trudeau government pushing the Survive Can app. Meanwhile, we have uh, the airlines saying, please don't. You have border security for other countries saying, stop. Mm-hmm. Why is Canada continuing to push these mandates these restrictions these apps fascism the digital id system um so so rfcam rfcam was supposed to be temporary it was supposed to be 
um, something that you upload your vaccine certificate or passport or whatever it is it's called um, on, on the application. All of a sudden, now you're uploading your customs information. All of a sudden, now um, no, you have to quarantine when the app um, nudges you to quarantine whether you're vaccinated or not because it's happened. Fully vaccinated people forced into quarantine because some some bug you know, in the app. It is, a, it is a system of control. Remember, guys, Justin Trudeau never wanted the mandates to end. I made a post that um, as of the election of last year, the federal election, Justin Trudeau budgeted, I can't remember what the dollar figure is right now, but he budgeted millions to maintain the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for three years, right? I, Carla, I don't know if you remember me making that post right, for three years, right, that was his intention, and that three years would have given enough time to implement the Great Reset in Canada, because Canada is the testing ground for the Great Reset, and if you don't, if you don't believe that, I can't, I can't help you, um, but yeah, it is the testing ground for um, the Great Reset. Jagmeet Singh made a deal with Justin Trudeau to keep him in power for how long? three, four years, right? Right, Carla? I think we broke up. I think the connection mm -hmm. just went. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, for, for three to four years, right? You are. And, that, and that three to four years is the mm -hmm. same amount of time that Justin Trudeau budgeted to keep the mandate. So obviously he has some kind of plans within that time frame. Um, they, need, they need to get the digital IDs out, right? They need to be able to say, um, you know what, we're going to implement a mandate and they push a button and then you lose access to grocery stores. You know, you, mm -hmm. you, you lose your job. Uh, you can't find a plane anymore. You can't go to a government office. You lose your driver's license. Things like this. Because I don't remember whose podcast I was talking about this on because I heard that Tesla has the ability to manually, uh, to, to, to remotely shut their cars down. So, so they say somebody stole your car. Uh, they can shut the car down. Right. So now I'm thinking, OK, are we going to get to a point where the government itself can shut our cars down? Right. Yeah. And, and this That's is where really thing that 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 we have to be concerned about. And right. that's where the danger is. is. Yeah, because yeah. people just people are like, oh, what's the big deal? Of course, everything's going to get digitized. Uh, what's the big deal if your ID is is digital? But it's it's that watching the increasing um government overreach paired with a desire at like a, a verbalized desire to have a social credit system similar to china yes. watching what happened with the emergencies act where we froze bank accounts for disagreeing it's it's absolutely happening and what an easy way to control people one push of a button and were you aware that that canada now has climate police mm -hmm. were you aware? So we, so we have yeah, so we have climate police now. Um, apparently, some of them went onto private property in Saskatchewan, and that got the the premier to say that if you if you're a federal agent, one of these climate police, and you went on private property without permission, then you could be charged for a crime. So the climate police are supposed to be you know they're supposed to be empowered to go onto your property and um, to see if you're following Justin Trudeau's climate rules. So let's say that you live in you know, a nice house like this, 
right? And your kids decided that, you know, they want to turn the pipe on and run the water and you don't know the water is running. Climate police comes to your, com comes to your house, checks the water meter. Oh, your water meter is above a certain level. We're going to have to punish you, right? We're, we're, we're going to hit your credit score, <laughs> right? We're, that, that we're going to do all of these things. And that's, the, and, and that's the thing that people don't understand about uh, this climate plan, the ESG scores. The ESG scores are meant to punish companies that don't follow a particular political rhetoric. If you have a low ESG scores, you can't get loans, right? Your, your, your products might not be stocked in a, in, in a certain supermarket. Right? You might not get certain certification. You might not get permission to export your product um, um, to the international market. So it's things like these that people have to think about and realize that is happening. And those ESG scores, I kid you not, will eventually come over to private citizens like you and I. Don't run your water too much. Okay? Yeah. Don't drive too much. <laughs> right? You were saying something. Well... And I, and I could see, okay, so the, the world is, the, the world's environment is in, is in trouble. There is a difference between climate change, alarmism versus reality. There are some things happening. Mm -hmm. So I, I can, if I'm trying to be in the middle, I can say, okay, you know what? Maybe we do need to like reel in some behaviors of mm -hmm. citizens for the planet. The problem though that I see with ESG, which we're seeing already, is just like you said, yeah. political opinion is going to start saturating in there. Yeah. And we're already yeah. seeing that, people being punished for differing political opinions. We're seeing that with corporations being taken over by woke ideologies and forced to behave in a certain way or risk being canceled. We're already witnessing that instead of just allowing businesses to be uh -huh. neutral and be a business. Um, the success of your business yeah. today depends on your political stance. So you were speaking about being in the middle of um, for, for climate change. So here's the thing. There are ways to deal with climate change without punishing citizens, you know, like the, the carbon tax and, you know, forcing them to drive a, a, an electric vehicle instead of a gas vehicle, forcing them to drive a, a mini car instead of an SUV. There are ways to deal with um, any um, perceived or any real climate um, um, emergency that's coming. And here's how this country, Canada and the U.S., outsources its productivity. So China, I, I can guarantee you that, that probably that vase behind you is made in China. Or, or, or a basket, or, or maybe your light switch on the wall somewhere is made in China, right? So that little, that, that little small light switch traveled thousands of miles on a plane or on a ship from China to get to Canada. Well, why isn't it being made here? And there's a simple answer for that because it's too expensive to make it here. Why is it too expensive to make it here? Because we have a minimum wage. Why do we have a minimum wage? Because the government keeps inflating away our savings and our wealth. The government keeps printing money, fake money, fiat currency. The government keeps engaging in activities that, 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 that boost the cost of goods and services while devaluing the little dollar that you have in your pocket. 
So nobody is looking at the root causes of all of these things. It's a chain reaction, right? You, you steal our wealth, mm. right? You steal our savings. And no, we can't afford gas. We can't afford a house. We can't afford to live anywhere. No, the citizens are going to scream, oh, I want a minimum wage. Let's get a $20 minimum wage. And then the company that used to make the light switch is saying, shoot, there is no way I'm going to be able to compete with the guys over India or, or, or wherever it is that's making the same light switch. So now I'm going to have to move my workforce or my productive my production system over to China so I can compete with the guys in India or Bangladesh or these other countries that are utilizing um, 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 cheaper labor. Right, and and that is what is happening, and it's me, and it's it's so this, so they're talking about you know carbon, you know carbon monoxide, and these things going into the into the air. This exacerbates the situation. So if we really want to solve any perceived or any real issues about climate change, we have to go back to basic economics, and we have to we have to we have to say to the government, look, it's time for you now to stop stealing our savings, stop stealing from our earnings, and stop stealing our wealth so that we can afford our health care, so that we can afford to live, to eat, we can afford to send our children to school, whether that be homeschool or private school or whatever it is. And solving that root problem, I guarantee you will solve almost every single root problem in society. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a lot of greenwashing. It's a lot of flexing. It's a lot of, hey, don't be poor, buy an electric car for $40,000 instead of the $3,000 Mazda that you're driving right now. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's not it's not real. And it's it's not a plan. Yeah. And what I'm hearing a lot too, in that conversation is like, we need to start putting our purchasing power here in yes. this country we need to make things ourselves. we have to sell it to other people we have to buy from local providers and that will cost more money but it's a less it's it's a much greater cost to continue doing what we're doing outsourcing our power not only to government but outsourcing our dollars to countries where this stuff is made cheaply or to big corporations that where we can buy things in bulk and they might be made by slave labor, you know, like forced labor, child labor. You don't know that the things that you're buying that's made in China or any of these countries, you don't know if these things are made sustainably, right? You don't you don't know. And, and that's a problem. I think more people need to start focusing on that because that's what I'm doing now. Whenever I go to the store I, and I think of a product, I look at it and I say, is this made in China? If it is, I'm not buying it. I put it down. Right? I'm trying to, to, to mold myself that way to buy something else. And, and not just that, it's because China, I believe that China is the enemy of a free people. And I, I, I don't want to be sending my money to my enemy. I'm going to send China my money so that they can oppress me via international organizations like the World, the World Health Organization. Right? Mm -hmm. And... um. Uh, uh, something else, uh, the, 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 for example, the, new, the, the Green New Deal, you know, the, the policies that the Trudeau government or the, the American government are pushing right now to get um, what they call green products, you know, sold into their country, you know, so they can buy oil, you know, like 
like electric vehicles and solar panels and all and, and all these things. These products, first of all, there is no such thing as net zero. I'm going to tell you that straight up. It is it is impossible, right? And there's also no such thing as a fully green product. Teslas have to be made in another country, right? They, they mine the lithium in, 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 um, in African countries, mostly are in South African countries. And they have to use oil to do the mining, right? Mm -hmm. In the areas where they're normally doing these uh, mining for, for um, silica, for solar panels, or lithium for, for electric vehicle batteries, they're usually destroying the environment. In Jamaica, for example, they're mining bauxite um, very, very close to the country's water table. If bauxite gets into the water, it poisons the entire country's water supply and everybody dies. This, this bauxite is shipped out to Russia and China who refines it and sells it back to the US and Canada. What people don't understand is that the, these, these, these green products are not, are not actually green and these green products are damaging other countries. Things that you wouldn't want um, done here in Canada or in the US, you're doing them in other countries. Your tax dollars is doing, the, doing that in other countries. You're enslaving people in other countries to create so-called green products so that you can be so-called net zero. And that's what I want to well, press upon. Th this really is the problem that we're in because we started off by saying uh, the media said one thing about these people and then everyone believed it without actually looking into what was true about these people or the movement. And it when we talk about what the Trudeau government's doing right now with climate change, for example, we listen to what they say, but in actuality what they're doing is the opposite and it's extremely harmful so for example we are he is virtue signaling because he's getting rid of canadian oil and he's like look we're, we're getting rid of oil and fossil fuels look at us what a good job we're doing for the climate while buying oil from countries that do not produce it as ethnic as ethically and safely as canada or we're buying power from china that uses coal and slave labor by the way and we're pretending like we're doing a good thing. The same goes with like their health policies. We're taking care of each other. Actually, we're hurting each other, causing a healthcare crisis, hurting people with side effects. Like there's a, a difference between being virtuous and saying that you're virtuous. And that's what we're seeing from our current government. There's a lot of anything we do is virtuous because we said so. Yeah. But it's not actually what they're doing. Yeah. And if you oppose them, you're a racist, white supremacist, violent extremist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, which is, that is what happens in communist countries. Everyone knows it's a lie, but everyone's afraid to say anything because they will be punished. And what's really amazing to witness over the last two years that the tool that they've used to make all of this happen to control people to get people to take an experimental medication against their will um the only tool that they needed was social shaming uh -huh. that's it because you and i both experienced this just by standing up for something very practical 
we've been called racist white supremacists. And I understand why most people can't handle that, that you are like, these are awful names, bigot, white supremacist, fascist, like um, Nazi has been thrown around like it's candy. Like it's not a big deal to use that word. That's a horrible word. And then people actually believe it when someone uses that. What, what's been your experience standing up for these practical things and, and being called names like this? Well, I've been called Uncle Tom. Um, when the person doesn't realize that it's a black person behind the keyboard, they, they do call me racist and they do call me white supremacist and extremist. And then when they realize that, oh, this is a black guy. Okay, you're just Uncle Tom then. So I, so I, I do experience um, these things, but it, it is, and I want to say it is harder for them to do it to me than to do it um, to you or somebody that who, who actually is Caucasian, right? So, so I do have a little bit more room to say the thing that I need to say without being Im quite immediately shut down, right? Because as soon as somebody looks at your skin and you say, freedom convoy is racist, but when I say, when they, when, they, when they look at my skin and say freedom convoy, they're like, I'm confused. You're black. Why are you supporting the freedom convoy? So I have a little bit more room to explain, to say, well, I'm supporting the freedom convoy because I oppose vaccine mandates. I would like to be able to choose what goes into my body and what does not go into my body. It's the same thing for everybody else that is here with me, whether they're white, whether you're black, yellow, pink, blue, it doesn't matter. The color of their skin doesn't matter. What matters is that they're there um, for a cause and they're there to even protect your own rights. Because if you fear white supremacists so much, why do you think it's a good idea to give government power that white supremacists would love to have? Don't you think that if white supremacists had government power to mandate a medical product for a group of people that they would probably want to eliminate, and that would be a bad thing? <laughs> Think about, for mm -hmm. example, I saw a tweet from a so-called anti-hate group that, that's making the rounds on social media. It's the group that, that Trudeau is funding, where the guy said something really horrible about, about Jews, and he called them Jewish white supremacists, supremacists. What if this guy had full government power and the ability to control mandates. Don't you think that this guy might be inclined to implement something within the Jewish com um, community to eliminate them? People don't think about these things, the long-term consequences of the power that they give to government. Well, I'm surprised that more people didn't freak out when our prime minister said anyone that disagrees with him, anyone that doesn't get this injection, is a, a racist misogynist and that they take up space mm -hmm. and how long will we tolerate them yeah that sounds like a threat yep a it, threat it to me and it why was. more canadians whether you got the injection or not is erroneous mm -hmm. if you're okay with that you're supporting a tyrant if you're not speaking out against that you're supporting a tyrant and, and before we before we got to this part, you asked me what 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 am I seeing in the world, and I'm gonna be honest with you about what I'm seeing. And um, this is something that I also gleaned from being on TikTok, which I which I now deleted. 
And in addition to a video I saw by, by Rebel News, where um, Drea was trying to interview uh, protesters from indigenous communities about um, fracking. And the way she was treated by them, it, 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 it lit up another light bulb in my head. And I realized that right now, today, Canadian society is way too divided to be fixed. And that's my position right now. I don't think things can be fixed right now because society is too divided. Black versus white, white versus indigenous, Indian versus Pakistani, um, Jewish versus um, Palestinian. The country is too, too divided. And I think um, because of that, it's going to take a very, very long time to, to see the Canada that you want to see. And, and that's that's just where I am right now. I, I don't, I do have hope that, you know, um, political um, influences like you know, Roman Barber, if they become prime minister, things will become better. But because of the division, you're gonna find that people will begin to fight against their best interests. So if Roman comes in and say, hey, I'm giving you liberty, I'm giving you freedom, here it is. You're gonna find that close to, 40, 50% of the population is going to say, no, I don't want it. And in saying, no, I don't yeah. want it, they, they put their own people in the provincial government, they put their own people in the municipal government to make life hard and difficult for the other 40 to 50% of Canadians. And that's what well, I force happening. Our government in power seeded that division and manipulates identity groups to stay in power. I, I see it every day with, with the language. That is what's really disturbing too, because there, there are real social injustices in the world and there yes. are a lot yes. of things that need to be mended. And to see the government in power manipulating that and twisting it and using it for its own benefit, for no other reason than to stay in power and to create a hated other mm -hmm. so that they can get more power is, is deeply disturbing. They, the last campaign, they literally ran on a campaign of hate and division mm -hmm. against people that disagreed with them. Yeah, and um, as I was talking to you about earlier, this is how Diagonal came about. I, I never knew what Diagonal was until the media started babbling about it. And I, if, if hear me out, if Diagonal somehow tomorrow turns into a real organization, a, a white supremacist or a violent extremist organization, it did so because mm -hmm. media created it. Because the yeah. media was the one spreading lies about Diagonal, saying that it's a white supremacist movement, um, there are racists there, there are violent extremists. Of course, you're going to attract real white supremacists, racists, and violent extremists because, like, you're accusing this organization of that, then they're, they're going to go find it, probably take it away from Germany, <laughs> use it as their own, yeah. and then voila, you have a real white supremacist movement. But I, I because because I, I, I don't really focus on white supremacists and racist rhetoric. I don't focus on it. So when I see the media talking about it, I walk the other direction. So I had no idea yeah. what Diablan was for that specific reason <laughs> until I saw Jagmeet Singh make a post. And I'm like, okay, Jagmeet, 
So let's say that these people are the white supremacists and racists that you think they are. What are you going to do about it? And it's a legitimate question. You've been screaming about white supremacists and racists for, for how many years? What have you done about it? And I'm not talking about funded uh, pro-hate, anti-hate groups, like anti-hate network. That's rubbish. That money should be going to, to, to funding water for indigenous yeah. communities, <laughs> not, not to, 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 to anti-hate networks. So the question is, what are you going to do about it? And then after I posted that, I, I, I saw another post that said, I think it was from Viva, that said, holy crap, the government is waging a war against a meme. And I'm like, what does, what does, what does Viva mean? So, so I decided to, to, um, to, to click, um, to find out what Diagon is now. So I went on Diagon's website. Right. You wanted to like, investigate this hate group. Yeah. Yeah. For the, for the first time, I'm like, well, wait a second. This isn't real. <laughs> this, 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 is, this is satire. Like, this is not a real thing. Like, these guys made a fake country and just drew a random line through countries that didn't have vaccine mandates. Like, this is not real. Like, what the yeah. hell is going on? And that's, that's when I made the post. And I'm like, how the hell did CSIS, something equivalent to the CIA, uh, like how did, how did the Canadian government fall in the trap of a meme? How were they trolled so badly? Oh. If if anyone doesn't know what that is, it, so during like the Emergencies Act, you had MPs in the House talking about Diagalon extremist group, like they were reading a newspaper, reading facts about this group. Diagalon was invented by a podcaster, and it it just it's exactly what Devin said. It's a made up country that consists of essentially like unvaccinated people. It's it's a joke. It's never been a group. Who knows? Maybe it will turn into a group. Um, but yeah, it it is a meme. And you had MPs in the house arguing about it and talking about it like it's a threat. Yeah. And it's literally satire. Yeah, and and, and it looks like Jeremy created it um, just to troll um, individuals who, who call everything white supremacists because they call the unvaccinated racist, misogynist, and anti-science and whatever it is. So Jeremy was like, because he was, he said he was high when he made it. Jeremy was like, oh, okay, all right. Since he wants something to hate, I was gonna create a fake country and throw. Obviously, he didn't know this was gonna happen. So he just created it and he threw it out there, and they took the bait. And what is satire? Yeah. Satire is political commentary that's made to poke the poke fun or holes in your bias, in your own political bias. It's meant to show your own stupidity. And individuals, particularly the government and the government agencies like CSIS and mainstream media who fell for it are plain stupid. And that's the plain truth. Mm -hmm. Regular people, I can understand because regular people are going to see an article, they trust CBC, they trust CNN, yeah. and they're going to say, oh, oh, wow, this is a white supremacist group that had all these guns and all, but mainstream media <laughs> should know better. The government should know better. Yeah. Cease this. The, the equivalent CIA in the United States should have known better. And this is why I have crowned Jeremy. What, what is his last name? Mackenzie? Is it Mackenzie? Oh, I can't remember I have to look it up. Last name. But, and, I think and his, why his I, handle I, is the Raging Dissident. 
Yeah, I, I can't remember his last name. And this is why I have crowned Jeremy the reigning king of satire because something like this has never been done where a whole government fell for a satirical take a fake, the creation of a fake country. Mm-hmm. And here's where we're all, here's where we are. It's, it's going to keep going. I, I just saw today, uh, James Tott from Canada marches, our veteran that's marching across Canada for rights and freedoms, being labeled as a racist white supremacist and all the legacy media is jumping on it and people are reading it and believing that narrative without any evidence or proof, like it's just pure defamation. So these things are going to continue. Legacy media is going to continue telling lies to uphold a liberal government. What we're going to see more and more is anyone that disagrees with a liberal government, be they conservative or NDP, if they break up or whatever parties come out, they're going to continue to be lied about and attacked. Eventually, just having a, a conservative opinion uh, we're already seeing this. If if you're a conservative, you're in a hate group. We're already seeing that it's getting extremely. It's 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 very real. We're gonna keep seeing that the Great Reset. It's happening. We're not in the fight about it anymore. We're witnessing it now. These things are happening. So, and I know you see these things too. So, where have you shifted? I, I think you and I've been on kind of the same journey, right? We were hard in the political fight for a very long time. Now we're kind of stepping back and saying, hey, this this is happening. Now what? What what is your now what? So 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 right now there are there are three things going on right now. So before I get into that, there are three things going on. We have the municipal elections for Ontario coming up in um October. I think BC might have an election as well, and Quebec might be having an election. I can't recall what those dates are. And we have the conservative leadership race, which may prompt a potential federal election sometime, I hope, early next year. And we also have the United States midterm elections. So all of these things are things to watch. So I encourage individuals, if you can, I actually the, the, the time has passed already, so you can't register to be a candidate in the municipal election. So I'm encouraging you to find candidates that support your views and support them in your bid to become mayor or councillor. Nia Singh is running for the mayor of Toronto. A, a gentleman called DeSantis is running for the mayor of, of, of Vaughan. So find those people, work with them, knock on doors, and um, you know help them to get the vote out, right? That's number one. Number two, we have to shield ourselves. Remember what I, what I said, that society is extremely divided. This country is a federal state. It practices federalism. So you have the federal government and you have the provincial governments and territories. The province, what, what, what a federal state means is that the provinces are semi-sovereign or semi-autonomous from the federal government. So that means they can implement um, whatever policies they want to implement so long as it does infringe on the Charter of Rights even though the Charter of Rights is now a piece of paper that's worth nothing because of what mm-hmm. Trudeau and Doug Ford and the others um, did with it. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I'm raising this point is because even if we have a, a Roman barber as the Prime Minister of Canada, we still have the provinces to worry about. We still have a Doug Ford Premier. We still have an NDP Premier 
over in um, BC. We still have these crazy individuals as premiers, as, as premier in Quebec. We still have um, that, that mad person in, Man in, in Manitoba that, that tried to prevent people from leaving Manitoba. We still have these crazy mad premiers in these different provinces. And there's little the federal government can do, can, can do should these provinces continue with these crazy actions. So we have to shield ourselves from the municipal governments, from the provincial governments, and from the federal government. And how we do that is by creating parallel economies. And those and what a parallel economy is, is something that removes you from relying too much on government services, relying too much on government, um, using fiat currency too much. Um, um, you know, a, a parallel economy is one where you remove your kids from the public education system, you put them into pods in the private schools, or you do homeschooling. Um, um, a parallel economy is one where you're, you're completely off the grid. You have um, uh, off-grid solar panel systems. You have a backyard farm in a greenhouse, maybe in your garage. You have um, a hydroponic or a aquaponic system. Basically, what it is, is doing everything possible to cushion the impact that we are expecting, especially this winter. Should they say, should your job, especially my job, say that, okay, last, last time you got away from us, um, you know, we, we, we couldn't coerce you to take the vaccine. You got away. Okay, all right. This time, we're going to get you. And that is what I'm expecting to come this winter. So I have started a directory, and it's called the Legends Directory, where, where every single pro-freedom business will be listed on that directory. So you are going to know where to go and who to give your services to. And it's beneficial to businesses because now they can tap into the freedom community. So if Doug Ford or if your municipal government or if the federal government says, hey, lock down again, shut down your business, you have the pro-freedom community to support you. And that's what the Legends Directory is. It is the beginning. It is the start of building a parallel economy. Hmm. Yeah, it really that's where i'm at as well it's time to strengthen ourselves make ourselves yeah. untouchable in whatever way we can obviously all do that at different levels but the more of us that get on board with this the better start pulling your money from big corporations if your job is coming down on you with mandates well maybe it's time to reinvent yourself somewhere else i know that's easier said than done but there's a lot of us we're doing it right now yeah mm -hmm. right well and, i think that's um, so i can't wait for that yeah so right so so, so the insta the instagram is there um right now so i would encourage folks to follow the instagram page uh let me tell you what it what the handle is so it's legends with a s d r canada that's l e l e g e n d s d r canada so that's the instagram handle so soon you're going to be able to, to go on the website and sign up um, on our coming soon page so that you know uh, when, we're, when we're launching. So one of the things that I'm doing is, to, so the Legends Directory uh, business will be able to list free and there'll be options as well to upgrade to a different kind of account. But what I'm doing, because I am very passionate about building a parallel economy, I'm going to make it um, um, fully free to access the top package for 
learning pods for private schools, for homeschooling services. So, so, so that section, that, that group, that industry is going to be able to access the directory, the full features for free because I want to pull as many of our children as possible out of the public education system. Because when we do that, we are now putting up a wall of protection around our children. And that is where we need to focus all of our energy. Because God forbid something happens to me tomorrow, something happens to you right, tomorrow, right? What's going to happen to our children? Where are they going to be raised into this crazy, ridiculous system, right? In 10, 15 years, they are going to be the next generation. They're going to be the ones starting businesses. Um, they're going to be the ones being employed. They're going to be the ones um, running in municipal, federal, and provincial elections. So we need to start molding them from now and protecting them from this um, so-called anti-freedom woke ideology, right? So, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm extending a hand to all private schools, all learning pods, all homeschooling services that are pro-freedom, that are pro-liberty to come to Legends Directory, list at the top level for free forever, right? And, and that's what I'm doing. This is exactly what we need. I, I posted a quote by Jordan Peterson the other day saying that we're taught that we're supposed to be weak. We're taught that we're supposed to be pacifists, but what we actually need to do is be warriors. We need to be monsters. We need to be unstoppably strong yes. and capable and forward moving and then learn how to control it. Yes. Right. Yes. So we become these giant, strong monsters because mm -hmm. it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Yeah. And and, and um, one of the things that I like is so there's there's a there's another company called um, Jobs for Jobless. I really like I really love that idea that you know they're they're assisting individuals who have lost their jobs due to these mandates. Um, to, to get access to jobs from companies who won't fire them uh, if they're unvaccinated or if they won't um, take a booster, right? So I'm, I'm really happy about that. I'm going to reach out to those guys and see if I can partner with them to actually help more people. We want to get to a point where Carla, where Sarah Swain, where um, Kit Carson, where myself, we can go out there and say the things that we need to say without worrying about um, Trudeau and his, his, his little mini tyrants cutting off our source of income, right? Telling us that, oh, um, your, your kids are going to be to the school now because they don't have a vaccine. We want to get to a point where, as you said, we are unstoppable and we become monsters in this fight. No matter what the, the great reset that the World Economic Forum or Jagmeet Singh or Trudeau wants to do, it, it, it won't matter because now we have a community behind us if we, if, we, if we lose a job, okay, the company over here ready to hire you instantly, right? Maybe you maybe you were uh, um, an influencer, right? Then you could work with the companies and legends directory to promote their products and earn money that way, and still be able to speak your truth without worrying about being censored, without worrying about losing your livelihood. And one of the things that I encourage people to do, and I know, and I spoke spoke to you about this. I'm an immigrant to this country, so I am versed in moving to another country. 
um, because the country that I was in wasn't providing me with what I needed. It wasn't, wasn't providing me with the opportunity that I needed to succeed. And I'm not here trying to encourage Canadians to leave Canada. What I'm saying is that if you believe that that is the step that you need to take, then make that step. One day, you know, when you're stronger, one day when you're more stable, you can come back and fight the fight for your country, right? Because eventually I do plan to go back to my home country, to Jamaica, to fight the fight there. I just need to stabilize myself first, stabilize my family, make sure that my family is okay before I put myself in the line of fire. So that's why you find that some people are looking at buying swaths of land in Brazil or Mexico and building communities. So these are things that we should be looking at. So let's say that Justin Trudeau succeeds in his, in his fascist great reset um, uh, 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 idea. Let's, let's say he succeeds. And you would know that if you say the wrong thing, then the thought police are going to come knocking at your door to drag you away. You need to have somewhere to escape to. You need to have a backup plan. Is there a backup plan in Mexico? Is it in Jamaica? Is it somewhere in Europe? Is it somewhere in Asia? Where is it? Think about a backup plan of somewhere to escape. Maybe you have a friend with a boat or a friend with a private plane or somewhere, or, 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 some way to, to, to escape this. Because remember, um, in for, for the, the beginning of this year till, what was it, July, we couldn't leave this country because we were unvaccinated. So it's not far-fetched to, to believe that Justin Trudeau might implement something again. It might not be vaccine mandates, but something again that prevents you from escaping the country. Remember, slaves escaped the United mm -hmm. States via the Underground Railroad to get to Canada. So you need to have a backup plan you need to have your own underground railroad they're going to tell you that oh if you don't if, you, if you're not committing a crime if you're not a criminal like that there's nothing to worry about right listen guys <laughs> change your name if you need to like <laughs> get some new ids like get get get, get some passports from um you're not country i can't recall the name of the country right now get, get get a second passport or a third passport if you want to change your name change your name so the Trudeau government can't track you down and trace you and try to deport you right people want us to yeah. follow the law to our detriment even when the law is unjust and i don't buy into that if you were living in Nazi Germany or communist China, you would have no qualms with illegally changing your name, illegally getting an illegal passport to escape Nazi Germany or escape communist China. Am I wrong? So why would I be wrong in saying that, hey, if, it, if, if push comes to shove, I'm going to need to get me an illegal passport, change my name, change my wife's name, change my son's mm -hmm. name, and escape a fascist society under Trudeau, Jagmeet, or whoever it is. Look at Venezuela right now. People starving. People can't afford to go to work. People can't find food, right? It's difficult to leave a country like that. Yeah. You, do what you, you do what you need to do to protect your family. And that is where it begins and that's where it ends to mm -hmm. protect your family. I hope I, I hope CC well, doesn't 
doesn't doesn't tag this one and say <laughs> well and and for the people that think oh it doesn't apply to me because i follow the rules following the rules is going to change with esg and with social credit um you might be breaking the law when you ate more of your meat rations for the month maybe you hunted something on your property maybe you drove too far from your house maybe you voted conservative and that's against the law now these things aren't far fetched witnessing what we're witnessing so you might be a law-abiding citizen today maybe not tomorrow maybe you don't want your 15th booster all of a sudden you're a criminal and vilified the way people have been the last two years so is that far-fetched maybe but I'm wit- I've, <laughs> I've witnessed a lot of alarming, alarming things the last two years. And it's that, that creep is real. It's creeping up. Yeah. Like if, like if, if, if you need to flee to protect your family, flee and come back um, when it's safe. All right. Um, you might, so, so I wanted to segue a little bit into a conversation about um, guns, um, handguns. So a lot of Canadians don't know what the process mm-hmm. is to get um, a restricted or a, unrest- or a non-restricted um, firearm. You have to go through, go through training, um, two full days of training for both. And um, you have to wait how many months to get uh, actually get um, the license. But what people don't know is that if you own a handgun, if you legally own a handgun, you can't even legally take that handgun out of the case and take off the lock in your own backyard it's illegal and i'm quite sure it's illegal in your yeah. house too <laughs> yeah like like you can't do that you can't yeah. you have a handgun you can't so I, I i i live in a suburban area i can't take my unloaded handgun outside into my backyard that is illegal and could land me in jail so so people don't understand that 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 small little things that you can do in life that you think might be okay, could land you in jail. Because if you had your handgun like this and you decided that you want to be an idiot and take a picture of your handgun while you were outside, you're going to get a knock on the door. <laughs> that's yeah. going to be, that's going to be, um, what is it? The RCMP. It's not even going to be OPP. It's going to be the RCMP, the equivalent of the FBI in the US, knocking on your door to come get your firearm and charge you with a firearm offense. Because the, it is an offense yeah. to have a loaded or unloaded handgun outside of its protected case in your backyard. Even if you own a big 10, 100-acre farm, you can't bring it out there. It's illegal. No, so it's so hard thing, to get a gun in Canada. And I, Yeah. Right? I don't know yeah. if you know this about us. We're, we're a hunting family. We hunt all of our meat. We don't buy any meat. Uh, everything is hunted or fished ourselves. And when they tried, when the Trudeau government tried to ban, um, there, there were certain rifles that they were trying to ban. And again, here comes this like just misunderstanding and people trusting the media. The media yeah. narrative was, well, no one needs an assault rifle. But what your average person who doesn't hunt doesn't understand is, those are just regular hunting rifles like when i saw the image i was like those are literally the guns we use for hunting it's not an ak-47 that's a regular hunting gun Mm -hmm. and that narrative that it's an ak-47 and no one needs to well yeah people that only go to sobeys and safeway 
have no idea what a hunting rifle <laughs> looks like. And you're already limited and, to uh, 10 rounds, right? Yeah. It's limited to 10 rounds, right? So 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 even 10 rounds yeah. in an AK 47, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, it's done. <laughs> right? Yeah. Even if. Right. So a lot of people don't don't really understand that. Right. So you have the the um like they'll see a bolt action that looks dangerous, looks like a, a um assault rifle, and think that oh that's a bad gun, it needs to be banned. Right? Yeah. But and criminals you know, don't register guns. Yeah. Criminals don't use registered guns. All they're doing is disarming peaceful Canadians who feed themselves. That's it. Yeah. So, so my point of, of reason, so my point of reason, the gun issue is that um, taking your unloaded gun outside might seem simple and okay, but it's illegal. So, running your your pipe water for too long might seem okay, but it might be illegal. You know, eating too much meat for the month might seem okay. But then it's illegal, right? Um, using fertilizer, too much fertilizer to grow food on your farm might might seem okay, but then it's illegal. So these things happen in transition, and eventually, government. I think this is the natural progression of 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 unlimited government. It eventually gets to a point where it desires and implements full central control over the economy as well as over people's lives. The moment, even if, even when you're inside of your house, they want to control what you do. They want to control what you watch. <laughs> they want to control what you see on YouTube, what you see on Netflix, right? It's, 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 it's already to that point. And if you decided that you want to get a VPN to bypass through the censorship, that might be illegal, <laughs> right? So. That's where we are. Today. Great. We have people, we have people's online businesses being dismantled because they misgendered someone. We have uh, videos of police showing up at someone's house because they hurt someone's feelings online. Like we have the information police already mm -hmm. happening. Yeah. Right. Um, because, because one of the laws that Justin Trudeau wanted to pass was one where if let's say that somebody they say that you made a post, Carla, on social media that I am going to go to a freedom convoy protest. And somebody says, oh, no, I don't like that Carla is going to go to that protest. I think Carla is going to commit a crime. Then Trudeau basically allows that person to report you um, into whatever system that they're going to create. And then the judge can call you to the court to, to, to interrogate you to see if when you go to the Freedom Convoy protest, if you're going to commit a crime or if you're going to engage in any acts of hate or if you're going to wave a Nazi flag or, or, or whatever it is that they want to make up. And if the judge believes that you are going to go to the Freedom Convoy to commit a crime or if they believe that you're going to engage in any kind of hate, because you know that the definition of hate is wide. If you, if you say Justin Trudeau is a clown, that's hate speech, <laughs> right? So mm -hmm. if the judge believes that you're going to engage in any act of hate, the judge can basically reprimand you to house arrest and prevent you to going, from going to that protest. And if you go, they can jail you. And to make it worse, you won't know who your accuser is because it's built into the legislation to say that the accuser is going to remain, um, what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, help me out, Carla. It's gonna remain um, 
But you won't know. You won't know. You won't know yeah. who the, your accuser is. You're just gonna find yourself in front of a judge. Oh, anonymous. And, yes. Yeah, yes. And, and 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 um in house arrest. That's the bill that Trudeau. I don't. I don't know if it's back in Parliament. Um, they call it the pre-crime. Bill. Yeah, pre-crime. Yeah. Right? Snitching on your neighbors because they might commit a, a hate crime, and yeah. and now yeah. everything is a hate crime. Everything is homophobic, racist, whatever you want to call it. And it's, man, does it ever just, if, if, it washes away if that, real crime, if that real bill, social injustice. If that bill passes, mm-hmm. people like Jeremy mm-hmm. will probably be in jail right now. Even Pierre, even Pierre, Roman, like, like if that bill passes, all of us could find ourselves on a, in, under home arrest or in jail. And I'm, and I'm being, being very serious right now because like yep. anybody at all can accuse you of something and send you in, in send you to court in front of a judge and it is the judge it is up to the judge to decide whether or not to put you in a house arrest put something on your ankle um you know delete all of your social media accounts you know restrict your cell phone usage your internet usage that is what the bill allows or would allow the government to do to you and it's extremely dangerous and we already have political prisoners in Canada. We're jailing pastors. We've jailed multiple pastors for preaching. That's it, for preaching. I mean, at least if we're all going to jail here soon, at least we'll hopefully all be in there together. <laughs> Listen, I've prided myself. I've made, I've, made, I've made sure that everything I do in life prevents me from going to jail, which is why if I believe that being free is a punishable, is a, is a punishable mm-hmm. offense, being free is an offense that could land me in jail, then there's no mm-hmm. way I will stay in a country or in a place where my freedom is somehow a crime. Well, I hope that in your new project here, we have lots of awake pilots. I hope we have a lot of awake pilots. I don't know if you know, we actually just bought a little plane and my husband's getting his pilot's license. So we can only fly one person and we're pretty slow, but uh, I'll, I'll sneak some people over too. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I don't know if I can get us. That's a good point. I'm going to create a category for pilots um, on the website and then pilots can come in and they can list to let people know that their service are here. Should they need to fly to Mexico or Brazil or Jamaica or anywhere else? Who knows? Maybe we can actually build an industry out of this because you know, if enough people come together and create the demand for pro-freedom air travel, you know, something could happen. Let's see. Nothing tried, nothing done. I mean, the government as of late has only decimated our travel industry. It would make sense for them to just completely separate. I think all the people, no matter what side you're on, would Mm -hmm. be happy to have travel back and it be affordable and accessible and actually work for a change. I think we could get everybody on board today. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) CEO of Air Canada and WestJet, if you're listening to this, send us a dm and we'll get you started <laughs> <laughs> so and, and so and, and this is what we talk about with a parallel economy 
right? You know, own airlines, you know, or own healthcare system, or own education system, or own monetary system using our own money because we need to stop. We need to reduce our use of fiat currency. Um, we can. The thing is, we can create our own money. We can create a freedom con, like a freedom con, or a liberty coin, or whatever it is. We can do that. All we need is businesses willing to take it and customers willing to use it. And we can trade within our own little group there, right? It can work. That's right. Yeah. We just so did a, a Bitcoin workshop on, on Tuesday. Yeah. We can mm -hmm. just make something like that or just use Bitcoin. Yeah. See you later, Fiat. Yep. It can work. <laughs> Well, I think we have options. So we have options that all this tyranny, it's happening. The Great Reset, it's happening. The good news is there's a lot of smart people waking up every single day now and they're making solutions and people are making parallel economies. So yeah. both will be true. Both will exist. And the year average citizen has two choices. You can choose technocratic slavery or freedom yeah you'll have a yeah, choice freedom. Mm -hmm. same here yeah. <laughs> awesome well that seems like a pretty good place to end here Devin. thank you so much um if people want to learn more about your uh project here or uh find you on social media where where can they go and find you Okay, so they can find me on social media by typing in true Devon Thompson. And that's my Instagram account. You can find me on Twitter as well by typing in true Devon Thumps. I couldn't get to mm, O-N because Twitter wouldn't allow me. So it's T-H-O-M-P-S. It stops right there. <laughs> the true Devon Thumps <laughs> on, <laughs> on Twitter. Um, I barely use my Facebook account, so forget about Facebook. Um, I have a website that I'm building, my personal website, devonthompson.ca. And the website for Legends Directory is legendsdirectory.com. And you can also find Legends Directory on Instagram. And it's legends, with the S, D-R, Canada. And you can follow me on Instagram so that you can, you can, get up, you can stay up to date um, for when I launch um, that website. And we can start building our parallel economy. I'm excited. Awesome. Thank you so much, Devin. No problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, that was quite a show. Speaking of parallel economies, give true Devin Thompson a follow on Instagram. He's creating something new here and you're going to want to stay in the loop. If you need a small intentional community now, join the Sovereign. You'll find the... Uh, links to join in my show notes. The Sovereign is my intentional community that I've developed online. This is a wellness membership, an intentional community where we teach you everything that you might need to prepare for and deal with this wild world. We're helping you to free your mind, to make your body pain-free, to get you off of pharmaceuticals and into a daily wellness practice that actually serves you. We're teaching you about homesteading, about creating more financial freedom in your life. Really, anything and everything that you might need to handle the world, no matter what happens. 
We meet live and online, host live Q&A sessions, and also save all of our great expert content on our online platform. And the best thing here, it's uncensored. It's off of big tech. So you can speak freely. You can ask the questions that you really want to ask, and you can connect to other freedom-minded individuals. See the show notes to join. And if you have any questions, send me a message, send me an email, give the podcast a follow, uh, stay connected to us. We love, love, love to hear from you guys. And I'm happy to answer any questions about moving forward in this wild world.